Good morning, it's November 2nd and we're starting the planning board hearing. Uh, commissioners Linden and Hedrick are virtual this morning and with me today, the dais are Vice Chair Petowim and Commissioner Bartley. So the first item is adoption of resolutions. We have three to be adopted this morning. Uh, the first one is 2115 East Jefferson Street Preliminary Plan, number 12230100. The second is 2115 Jefferson Street Site Plan, number 82023-0080. And the third is 2115 East Jefferson Street Forest Conservation Plan, number F20230220. Do I have a motion for approval? I move to motion for approval. Is there a second? Second. Uh, all in favor? Aye. 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 The ayes Aye. have it. The second is item number two, record plats. There are two this morning that we're approving. The first is subdivision plat number two, 20230480, Montco addition to Damascus, where staff is recommending approval. And the second is Subdivision plat number 22240150, Creeksided Cabin Branch, where staff is recommending approval. Do I have a motion for approval? Move uh, for approval of the record plats as mentioned. Is there a second? A second. All in favor? Aye. 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 The ayes have it. The last item is. Item three, regulatory extension requests. We have one this morning, well, two this morning. One, the first is Wheaton Arts and Cultural Center and MHP Amherst extension request number one. Where there's, um, and then there's a, it, with respect to mandatory referral and sketch plan and where staff is recommending approval of the extension request. And the second is Brigyard Estates administrative subdivision plan number 62023-0150 and forest conservation plan number F20230390. Uh, regulatory extension request number two where staff is recommending approval of the extension request. Do I have a motion for approval? Move to approve the regulatory extension as mentioned by Chair Harris. Is there a second? A second. It's been moved and second. All in favor? Aye. 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 The ayes have it. We're now going to item number four, uh, the conditional use number CU202402, Excobar Tree Care, where um, Josh Penn will provide uh, the report. Thank you. Okay. Oh, so we, have a, we need to take a break for a minute. Okay. We'll take a one-minute break, and we'll... We'll start that. Thank you.
Good morning. Uh, we're on item number four, conditional use number CU202402, Excobar Tree Care, where staff Josh Penn will be giving the presentation, and we also have uh, the applicant here uh, to, uh, to give a presentation or address any questions. Thank you and good morning. Good morning. For the record, Josh Penn with Up County Planning. Today we have Axbar Tree Care Conditional Use CU 2024-02 and the Associated Forest Conservation Plan F20230331. This is staff's recommendation will be approval with conditions of the conditional use and uh, the Associated Forest Conservation Plan. The project is located at 20108 Zion Road, which is northwest of Olney east of Maryland 108. You can see here a Zion Road coming up and the site is located here just north of Brookville Road. The neighborhood as defined by the staff and the applicant is here in green. It's generally the area impacted by the project. We use the, the Pupco properties to the west as a defining line and then the zoning and the properties adjoining confronting to the east and south. Um, the surrounding area is predominantly unimproved farmland, parkland, and wooded parcels with single-family residential dress dwellings. You can see here on the, on the slide, this is the subject property, it is two parcels that are unplatted consisting of 2.01 acres. It is currently improved with a single-family dwelling which does have a shed in the rear which will be removed and it accesses directly from Zion Road. The conditional use is for a tree care service. Their operations include tree removal, cut down, stump grinding, wood removal, yard cleaning, lot clearing, storm damage service, and emergency tree removal. And they are looking for 19 on-site employees at any given time. Uh, master plan conformance, it is part of the 2005 only master plan. There is no specific site-specific recommendations, uh, but, it, but it does substantially conform with the general recommendations of the master plan. You can see this is the master plan boundary and the site is approximately here where the red star is. Transportation, the applicant has provided a transportation exemption statement uh, and based upon the trip generation, it did not trigger any further uh, transportation impact study and is good to go there. Uh, forest conservation, they did submit a preliminary final forest conservation plan. It is zoned R200, which has a afforestation threshold 15, conservation of 20%. And since there is a net tract area of 2.21 acres, 2.12 acres, 0.81 acres of existing forest, 0.53 acres of forest clearing. It does result in a 0.48 planting requirement. And they're proposing to meet that on site. You can see under the right here where the proposed retention and planting easement would be ultimately surrounding the property and surrounding the use. Staff does believe they meet all the conditional use requirements under the general use requirements. All the general and then all the applicable requirements under the landscape contractor. It's consistent with the master plan. It's compatible with the neighborhood. Uh, the approval will not cause any undue harm or adverse impact on the surrounding neighborhood, and does satisfy all requirements of Chapter 22A. Staff is recommending approval of the conditional use and transmitting it to the hearing examiner with conditions. Staff forest recommending approval of the forest conservation plan with conditions. Thank you. Great. Uh, would the applicant like to make a presentation? Yes, thank you, Mr. Chairman. Uh, Sean Hughes from Miller, Miller & Canby. I'm here today with Mr. Melvin Alfaro, who's the owner and operator of X Bar Tree. 
and Mr. Michael Norton of Norton Land Design. Uh, we will be brief um, and then welcome questions. Uh, thank you for the opportunity, and we, we want to say it, this, this is another one. It's also taken us a little while to get here, but we're pleased to be here today and looking forward to continuing forward on this process. Uh, we want to thank planning staff. Um, they're always very accommodating, and especially Mr. Penn in this case, helping us through this process. Uh, we've read his staff report in depth. Um, we think it's very complete and accurate and um, uh, efficient review of the law. We also um, we understand the conditions of approval that he and staff are proposing, and we support those and fully would accept those conditions of approval if, if the board was so inclined to recommend approval as well. Um, so we have our team here. Um, I won't go into much more. I think Josh did a nice overview of it, but if there's some detailed questions, we would certainly um, do our best to answer those and welcome any questions. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Uh, thank you, Attorney Hughes. Uh, do any of the members of the board have any comments, questions? Okay, please do. Good morning. Um, just a few questions when I was reading uh, the uh, you know, the report. Uh, so I'm trying to understand exactly what this land area would be used. It's just being used for planting. Uh, it's actually, it, you have been doing that for a while. Just didn't know that you had to get this, uh, uh, you know, this unconditional use approval. Um, is it that you're just planting trees and then you're cutting them for use? What is that no, no, we do so, that? And then let me, Sean Hughes, let me answer a little bit and then I can have Melvin or Mike uh, add in. So, yeah, Mr. Alfaro and his wife own the two parcels that are next to each other. Um, and, and it has been operating. We're trying to get in compliance. Really, essentially, he, like a lot of other contractors, um, are trying to find a place primarily where they can store their equipment. So. The, the work is not done on site. He's a tree care company, so they go to clients, um, residential and commercial clients in the county and beyond, and do all kinds of tree care for them there. Um, and then they come back, you know, so in the morning they all come there, they get their trucks, they get their assignments, and they go out pretty quickly. The property is mostly vacant during the day, especially for the cruiser out. As the owner, sometimes he'll come back and such or be on site, but the crews are out all day until they're done, they come back, they kind of clean up a little bit. They leave their trucks. They, they grab their cars, and there's a lot of carpool, and then they go home. So it's pretty passive during the day, and um, his, what he's asking for is not to have any hours on Saturday, but to have a few on Sunday. So Saturday it's vacant. At night it's vacant. And all the, all the operations, he doesn't have customers come there. He doesn't have product delivered there. It's very, uh, really, they, they okay. go to people and do all the work. So it's not tree planting there. Well, they, they, do, they do minor tree planting if people want it, but they have the trees delivered to the people's places who have the trees. A lot of it is trimming trees, cutting trees, especially some of the massive trees that we have in the county where they need to be turned back and cut down some. So why are we removing the forest? I couldn't understand because it uh, says that it's 0.81 acre and we remove a good portion yeah, I'm, of I'm going to let Mr. Uh, Norton answer that a little bit. Thank you. <laughs> Good morning, staff um, and, and commissioners. Uh, Michael Norton, Norton Land Design, for the record. Uh, I do want to uh, elaborate a little bit more on what Sean was saying. He, Melvin's property, they're primarily arborist, so it's more like uh, just tree care off-site, not like your landscaper that you would traditionally think of. So he's just doing the, uh, but 
Arbors falls into landscape contractor use, so that's why we have it that way. Um, so hopefully that explains a little bit on, on what he does. Uh, that's a good point. I'm sorry. Yeah, I, I jumped over that. Landscape contractors, what this is the conditional use for because it's a very broad landscape contracting, but he's just a small division of just focusing on trees, Tree which is part which technically falls under. So that's Mike did a better job explaining. Yes, that, yeah. yes, thank you. Sometimes I can. Uh, as far as the forest conservation law, what is happening on this property is uh, typical with other projects in uh, in the state of Maryland and Montgomery County when we have forest on site. When we go to do uh, tree save or protection, sometimes the forest does not meet the definition. The forest meets, the trees meet the definition of forest, but when you go to do a save, they actually don't qualify as save. For uh, a great example is we don't have a 50-foot width of forest, so we cannot put an easement on it. Therefore, we technically have to count some of this as being cleared, even if it's not being cleared. So that's what's happening uh, on some areas of this property. Also, this the existing house has a septic field associated with it. So even though we are not, again, technically clearing for the septic field, we have to put that septic field into an easement area. Therefore, the forest area cannot be in an easement. So we have to account for that being cleared as well. So sometimes we have on these plans areas of clearing for paperwork and then areas of clearing for physically clearing for the project. And in this case, uh, the balance of what we're calling clearing is area that we cannot put into a forest conservation easement. But you're not actually That's clear. right. We have a, uh, honestly, I don't remember. I think we might have a little bit of area, but um, for utility lines to get back to the septic field, and that's all that we have for yeah, the house. Yeah, because you are showing some trees. Yeah, yeah, it's from so the... That's for uh, utilities? That's correct. Utilities connecting okay. from the house to the septic field, and that's uh, all the forest clearing. And what happens is it fragments part of the forest area, so the other balance of forest we have to show is clearing even though we're not. So kind of skews the numbers sometimes. Have to learn. Okay. That's yeah, a little confusing, <laughs> but... Yeah, I know. It's always confusing. Okay, thanks. I have a comment and question. Um, I was looking at your hours of operation, and and then I was confused as to whether or not um, you you were not going to be operating on Saturdays, or will you be operating? Oh, on Saturdays? good question, Commissioner. Typically, most of our clients do operate on Saturdays and close on Sundays. Um, Mr. Alfaro, due to his religious um, church that he attends and stuff, is on Saturday, so. Occasionally, so they do not work Saturdays, but they will work some Sundays. So we'd ask for the half day on Sundays and no time on Saturday. And then I noticed that the hours of operation begin at 6.30 a.m. And you stated that this site would be used for storage of equipment. Uh, with the clearing and expansion of the site, do you anticipate the trips to go up now substantially um, as opposed to what the number of trips are currently? Uh, no, good, good question, Mr. Commissioner. I think based upon what the numbers that we're asking for as far as staff, we're asking for a maximum of 19 staff. And so uh, typically he has his employees come with at least two in a car. So there's a few trips coming in um, through their cars and their trucks. And so it's worked out with the calculations where the trips will be very minimal. There'll be about, I can't remember what we put, like eight or, eight or 10 cars coming in the morning 
and then the tr then about that many trucks go out, and then it, towards the end of the afternoon it'll be spread out and about the same thing. So it's it's it no the clearing and all will not um, in hours will not increase our desire or need to have additional trips. They'll still be pretty minimal. I'm very familiar with this business and the location. I think one of your competitors' name is Pogo and Greenstone, who are in this, involved in the same business. And the trucks make a great deal of noise. The grinding makes a great deal of noise. And I find it curious that no one from the community or neighboring properties um, made comment on this. Is there going to be increased grinding and trips when, um, you know, this is granted? Especially at 6.30 a.m.? Yeah, let me answer that a little bit, and you can have, ask, uh, add to it. So um, for a few, a few reasons. First of all, um, we do have a support letter to the neighbor to the north who Melvin's friendly with. There's very few. It's a kind of a unique location. I think a really good location for this use. As um, Mr. Penn noted, Right, we have the street. We're on the street, and across the street is a large, very large farm field. Um, is that the so turf farm? Uh, no, it, it, right now it's just open field. I think so they might do some corn occasionally. Um, and then to the west of us is is Pepco, right away in Pepco property. A little bit north on there is, is I think, the uh, utility station. Now, there are a few homes to the south going down towards Brookville Road. Um, but the nice thing is, again, is this work, there, there will not be grinding on site. Uh, the, if there's any grinding, it's done when they're taking down the trees at the people's property, their clients. So uh, there is a little bit of noise from people's trucks coming and going, but as, as, as Mr. Penn put in there, there's none of these trucks that have the special loud jake brakes. And, um, uh, you know, they're, 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 Melvin, you know, he wants to be a good neighbor, and he's, he's friendly with the neighbor to the north, which is really the only house that touches the property. The property directly to the south does not have an active house on it. Um, and so he, you know, he tries to have them, you know, be relatively quiet and do a nice job. He's actually cleaned up the property tremendously. I don't didn't want to bore you all today with the pictures. He's proud of it. But there are pictures in the file where the property before him was in really tough shape. A lot of stuff was left behind, and he's he took loads and loads out to the to the landfill to to help get this property in, in better shape. So um, our plan is to be a good neighbor. He owns the property with his wife. Um, they're they're looking to you know be here for a long time and, and operate um, you know in a, in a professional fashion. Um, the the six thirty they typically do not come in closer till seven. But again, there there there's not a lot of noise on site because the work is done off site. So, but thank you for the, the question. What is the proposed operating time on on Sundays? I believe it's nine to three. Nine to three. Okay. Okay. Um, other commissioners, do you have any? Mr. Linden, um, Mr. Hedrick. Okay, uh, so just thank you. Uh, one quick question. So what I understand is this is to, you're already operating the property like as a landscaping business, you know, like a lay down area, whatever. So yes. this is to get it in conformance. That's correct. Okay. What triggered that? The trigger so Mr. Alfaro bought the property, but he misunderstood what he could or couldn't do out there because there were similar, similar things being done out there. So he did not come proactively to get his conditional use. And then he was cited by the county saying, hey, Mr. Alfaro, you need a conditional use for, under the landscape contractor. You, you, are, you can apply for it. It is allowed in this zone, but you have to go through the process and see if the county will grant it to you. So that's what's brought us. It's taken a little time to get here, but that's what's brought us here. And we have um, 
as you all know, our next step will be before the hearing examiner, and that's scheduled for November 20th of this month. Okay, and also in the staff report, it says, uh, I think around 20, page 20 at the entrance, you were, even though he, they met the requirement for landscaping, you it asked for some additional trees or something, or at the entrance, is that, is that something you still want, or, or that, that's just a nice to have? Maybe I've read it wrong, but I thought uh, somewhere it says at the entrance it would be nice to have more trees, or no? Sorry, was that page 20 you said? I thought it was page 20. I mean, it could be. Top of page 19 on the PDF, page, the number page 19, first paragraph. Application proposes a parking lot, uh, has proposed a few large trees between Zion Road and the parking lot. That we're referring to, Artie? Yeah, I thought it said something about, uh, I can't pull it up on my computer. No, it said it, you were nice to have some additional ones at the entrance. Is Did I read that incorrectly? Yeah, a mixture of species should be used to ensure screening in all seasons, to screen the lot from the road is what's the condition in the in the report. I believe those were shown on the applicant's landscape plan. Okay. If I'm not mistaken. Do we have some? Yeah, I'm trying to find the state. Trying to find but but I believe we do show on the plan some screening down below, correct? But towards the road. Right. I think so. So long story short, I think the staff report is referring to the landscaping that was proposed on the uh, landscaping and lighting plan for the uh, for the property. Okay. And and I would tell you right now it's 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 a, it's fairly screened pretty well now, but we are committed to doing some additional screening for the plan. Okay. So, okay, thank you. So I have no other comments. Uh, is there a motion that we approve? Um, I move to approve the conditional use uh, for Axobar Tricker and submit it to the hiring officer with the conditions. Is there a second? Seconded. All in favor? Aye. 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 We also have to approve this forest conservation plan. Okay. Uh, move to approve the forest conservation plan uh, for uh, this conditional use. Is there a second? I second. Seconded. All in favor? Aye. 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 The ayes have it. Thank you so much. We, uh, we Thank you. Looking forward to, to a successful business there. Thank you. Uh, we'll take a two-minute break, and then we'll go with item number five, the Tacoma Park Minor Master Plan Amendment Work Session number two. Thank you.
Good morning. We're on item number five, Tacoma Park Minor Master Plan Amendment Work Session number two. Uh, we'll, uh, we'll start with uh, Elza Heisel-McCoy giving a brief presentation, and then we'll go with the team leader, uh, Melissa Williams. Good morning, Elza. Uh, good morning, Chair, members of the board. Elza Heisel-McCoy, Chief Down County uh, Planning. Uh, so I wanted to start off um, before Melissa gives her presentation and, and uh, really highlight uh, the attention that the staff and the board uh, are giving to the recommendations from the Tacoma Park City Council in their resolution. Uh, and, um, you know, it, it's the way we've structured these work sessions is to move through the plan from beginning to end. And uh, as you've been going, Melissa has been identifying where in the resolution um, uh, you know, there are comments pertinent to the issues being discussed um, at that particular work session. Uh, and I just I want to make clear to, you know, folks watching at home and to the city council that we take the comments very seriously and we will be getting to uh, all of the questions and comments, the ones that are specific to uh, the Washington Adventist site uh, and uh, the Flower Avenue District, we will be getting to in a couple weeks when we talk about that. Um, the, the questions about uh, housing and potential displacement and diversity of housing um, will be discussed in two weeks at the next se uh, work session when we expect to um, to take on the housing issues. Uh, some of the, the public space um, recommendations or, or comments we'll be dealing with on a site-specific basis because they refer to particular sites. Um, and then others, you know, in terms of infrastructure impact, uh, last week we talked about schools and that we're, you know, we're not, we don't expect uh, the development here to have uh, you know, to, to, to need an additional school site, so the plan's not recommending that. Uh, we're talking today about uh, impact, uh, sort of transportation impacts and how those were looked at and what gets looked at when and environment, environmental impacts um, today. And then I think at the very end of the work sessions, if there were questions or comments that didn't uh, stick to any particular part of the plan, we will address those individually with the board. So we will get through all of the comments and questions raised by the City Council resolution during these work sessions. So with that, I will turn it over to Melissa. Thank you. Okay, um, good morning, board. Um, once again, for the record, my name is Melissa Williams and I'm the project lead for the Tacoma Park minor master plan amendment. Uh, this is our second work session for the minor master plan amendment. This is today's agenda. Staff will provide the new language and edits requested by the board at the October 19th work session. Um, we will also cover the testimony, City of Tacoma Park resolution, and staff responses related to chapter three of the minor master plan amendment. Um, as Elsa stated, this will include transportation, environment, and parks. Um, housing, once again, will be covered on November 16th. And I would also like to remind the board that they can expect to discuss historic preservation on the November 9th work session. This slide is a reminder of the edits and language changes requested by the board. Staff will provide the proposed text changes and the board um, is still free to make additional changes or edits. So, uh, the City of Tacoma Park resolution requested clarity on how the plan developed and addressed equity impacts. This language 
reflects the direction of the board. Staff proposes that this language be added to equity 1.2, page 9, and that it be inserted after the first paragraph in that section. And so I'll read this language for everyone. Um, it says, additionally, the Tacoma Park Minor Master Plan Amendment addre addresses racial equity and social justice through the following. Um, preserve and expand affordable housing and encourage new housing types with MPDUs to address rent burden households. Uh, recommend mixed-use zoning to create opportunities for commercial development in higher density areas to provide economic and employment opportunities for residents. Improve access and mobility through the plan area with new pedestrian and bike infrastructure to reduce automobile dependence, provide better connectivity to activity centers, and provide substantive quality of life benefits. Um, enhance programs and activities in parks and public facilities that are, accessible, that are accessible, welcoming and inclusive for all residents. And finally, it's to improve environmental function and quality for all. And so I would ask the board to, um, as you see the language presented today, are you comfortable with that language? Do you believe that that addresses your concerns and the concerns raised by the resolution? Uh, comments from the board? Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, this is, I'm sorry. I do have a comment. If you go back one slide, and this is, this is always a curiosity to me. Um, in order to address racial equity and social justice through the following, preserve and expand affordable housing and encourage new housing types with MPTUs to address rent burden households. Um, I always find that curious that it's tied to racial equity and it's like fixed. And so it's almost suggestive that certain racial groups will always be um, economically disparate. And um, it's, it's just curious that that would be a component in addressing racial equity and social justice, especially in Tacoma Park. I mean, I think that the, the intent uh, is as much about social justice and racial equity, so it's access to affordable housing in you know, an area that has amazing access to transit and parks and community facilities. Uh, so I, I, I certainly, it's not staff's intent to indicate um, that there is any particular um, you know, racial ethnic group that needs the benefits of affordable housing. I think as we learned uh, during uh, our, um, our canvassing efforts on, in the apartment buildings on Maple Avenue, uh, there is a, a, a very diverse uh, population uh, that lives in the plan area. Um, and so I, I think it's in that spirit that we make the recommendation? Melissa, is that fair? Um, I, I believe that that's fair. Um, and I, we also wanted to kind of just acknowledge the fact that there are people that live um, particularly in Maple Avenue in those apartments that are looking for other types of housing. So they still would like to have an affordable option. That's something that's affordable to low to moderate income, so it wasn't necessarily tying it to race but acknowledging that there are people that are currently living in, apartment, in apartments that would like step-up housing or housing that they can grow into. And so that bullet also references that, that desire from the community. Um, I have no further comments other than, I guess, when we see the whole 
plan together. You know, like I'm sure there'll be a time where we see it all in the, you know, the language and uh, put in an area. Maybe you know, maybe an additional comment. But this is a great, great. This is captures what we were thinking last time. Thank you. I believe. Thank yeah, absolutely. You. Okay, so I'll yeah. move forward. Okay, um, the resolution also requested that the plan explicitly explain how the recommendations address the community priorities. And in this plan, those were reflected in the key takeaways. Um, and these were identified during the planning process. Staff proposes the following language be added to the key takeaways graphic that's located on page 11. And so I'm once again going to read the slide to you. So um, in that graphic, we, it stated that residents like living in Tacoma Park. Um, we propose adding the following language. The Tacoma Park Minor Master Plan Amendment strives to preserve the city's unique character, enhance the quality of life, and create new opportunities for residents to live, work, and play within the planned area. Um, there was also the concern about the loss of the hospital and the desire for urgent care or health clinic to remain. Um, we would add the plan envisions a new mixed-use future for the Washington Adventist campus that allows for medical, educational, commercial, and residential uses. We have in the plan the Sligo Creek Stream Valley Park is an important asset that should be protected. We would add the Tacoma Park Minor Master Plan Amendment provides for recommendations that address development adjacent to the park and increases the protection of the park and improves public access. We have um, in the plan desire for affordable housing on Washington Adventist campus. And we added, we would like to add the plan's recommendations allow for a flexible mixed use zone with a requirement for MPD use. Uh, the desire for walkable retail options on the Washington Adventist campus, specifically a grocery store was something that was mentioned. Um, we would add the following language. The plan recommends a flexible mixed use zone that allows for the development of neighborhood retail and other commercial uses. We also had the desire for public amenities on the Washington Adventist campus, such as a space for community gathering, fitness center, and a swimming pool. Um, we would add the plan's recommendations allow for co-location of public facilities, such as a recreation center. It encourages approved access to existing open space and a flexible mixed-use zone that has a 10% open space requirement for development. And that is the um, proposed language that we would add to that graphic. And we believe that this addresses the, the city of Tacoma Park's concern that the recommendations were not tied adequately to the, um, the plans, the, uh, I'm sorry, the community priorities. I have a question. Um, the 10% open space requirement is always there. So that's a regulatory requirement, correct? Yes, in the zone that we recommended, it is always there. It's always there. So we're just spelling it out. Um, has a, and a fix, can we say that has at least a minimum of 10% or do you want to say 10%? I mean, it, it, 
it's probably actually better to take out the percentage because the, the I was thinking it, that it's way. based on the size of the site and how many frontages. So I think if we just said has an open space requirement, I think yes. that would be fine. I, would I would be feel better, better if we do that. I agree with you. And if you take it back where you were talking about development next to the uh, parks, yeah, I, I, I think it would be um, it would make sense if we say that um, the TPMMA provides for recommendation that address uh, environmental sensitive development adjacent to the parks and protection because it is important that um, when we have development next to the sensitive area, we have environmentally sensitive development uh, in those areas. Hey, can, uh, I, can I repeat that back to you so I make sure I, I've captured it correctly? Yeah. It's the TPMMA provides for recommendations that address environmental sensitive development adjacent to the park? Yes. Okay, and increases the protection of the park and improves public access? Yes. Okay. Yes, it, it, it works together. Okay, thank you. And... Um, So we are saying that they, they, they desire the housing in Washington Adventist uh, campus. So allows for flexible mixed use zone with a requirement for MPDU. Um, is it just MPDU or do we want to include other affordable housing? I'm just saying that you may want to open it up to the mix of affordable housing just one. I mean, the MPDUs is the only requirement. So I think um, I mean, we could say yeah. that could accommodate MPDUs and other affordable housing. Yeah, any other affordable housing if, if it is uh, there. Right. Um, I, I wouldn't, yeah, I think, but even putting the requirement, MPDUs is a, is a code requirement, is it a code requirement? But we're just sort of giving an example of a, of an affordable type. So maybe if you say MPDUs, a requirement for MPDUs, I wouldn't say a requirement for other affordable, you know, I mean, uh, but I, I would just say a requirement for MPDUs and if other, there are other, like nonprofits or others that want to do affordable, they do affordable, but um, I think the requirement is a certain amount of MPDs. Right. right. I, I was suggesting that yeah. that it would say the plan's recommendations allow for flexible mis mixed use zoning that could accommodate MPDUs and affordable right. other okay. affordable houses. Yes. Yes. That I'm. That's good with me. Any other commissioners okay with it? Okay. I'm good with it. Yeah. Okay. And if you go to the next page, well, do you have I have a comment. Okay. When we toured the uh, Washington Adventist campus and the now defunct hospital, uh, I was hopeful for more than a desire. Is there anything that we could do more pro proactively than to desire them to use that um, large space for housing and create an immediacy? I mean, th this particular language, I think, reflects what we heard. Th th this is the key takeaways from our community engagement. So this doesn't, this isn't necessarily reflective of staff's desire. It's the 
community's desire? It's the community's desire. And I would also add that there is um, a more robust conversation about housing that will happen on the 16th. So there, there, there will be an opportunity to um, expand on those recommendations. I will say there are, a lot of re there are a lot of housing recommendations, and hopefully they get to some of your concerns, Commissioner Bartley. Yeah, Mr. Linden has his hand up there. Yeah, thanks. I um, well, first, thanks. Um, you know, thanks for for uh, you know responding with these um, suggestions. I think they they largely look really really good. I just have a very small um, question. I'm I'm curious to see what my colleagues on the board think about this too. Um, if we could go back just one slide, I think it was on the previous slide. Yeah. Um, the TPA, so the second bullet, the TPMMA strives to preserve the city's unique character. Um, so I, you know, I, I understand, you know, this is, as, as you've talked about, this is the key takeaways from the engagement. This is sort of reflects, um, broadly, um, what we've heard from different, um, parts of the community. I, my, my small suggestion is to re remove or change the word character in this sentence and this isn't specific to this plan or even this, you know, this section. I think that my my concern is that the word character in in general has is a is can be a sort of loaded word in in these contexts and can often be used um, to um, sort of obscure uh, other more exclusionary preferences. Um, I'm not suggesting at all. I'm not trying to to say that you know when folks may have used this word in the context of the engagement that they had any particular intent. My, com my comment is mostly about how character is sort of interpreted within the ether of, of planning these days and in community engagement. And I, I think that there, mother there, there might be other words to use here that um, sort of mean the same thing, but don't kind of um, double down on, I think, what has become, at least in, in my view, sort of a problematic uh, word in engagement circles. Um, so I, you know, for example, like strives to preserve the city's unique, you know, there could be other synonyms here that, that could work, but I, I'm curious to hear what other, uh, my colleagues on the board think about that. Well, while your colleagues are thinking, I think I could suggest, I think we could say assets, um, preserve the city's unique ass assets. I think that gets to many of the same things in terms of the park uh, and affordability and the civic um, or maybe best aspects um, would be two I might suggest. Yeah, or even even you know not to be sort of too uh, uh, <laughs> too you know sort of coy about it, but like city's unique characteristics, I think even is is fundamentally different than character. Character itself is just um, yeah so aspects elements. Um, I think there are probably you know a dozen or more other words that that would work well here. Um, thank you for your suggestion, and I'm open to. Um, I mean, that's. I'm glad you brought that up. I'm open to what staff or others want uh, to change that too. But you know, characteristics is fine, assets is fine, whatever you guys feel is best. Uh, uh, Mr. Hedrick. I, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, just to jump in, I tend I tend to agree from from working in affordable housing, and I'm sure other folks have heard this, that to, 
I hear I I also hear a lot about neighborhood character when we try to build or preserve affordable housing in in neighborhoods and and I I tend to agree with Commissioner Linden that we can um, find some some other other language for that I think that's fine I think I I, I tend to think that's fine I think it's a good suggestion. So do you I have think, direction? I think staff likes characteristics as a replacement. Is okay. that something that everyone is in favor of? That that's great. Thank okay. you. So we will we will make that edit, and um, I were there any additional comments related to the key takeaways graphics? Okay, so you I just want to you can move ahead. Yeah, thank you. I just want to confirm that we've we've captured everything so we are in the we're changing character to characteristics we are hold on a second I feel like we, maybe I missed one oh we're changing um, the bullet that speaks to Sligo Creek Stream Valley Park we're adding environmental sensitive to that addresses environmental sensitive to development adjacent to the park is that change um, and for the bullet that relates to affordable housing, we're saying the plan's recommendations allow for a flexible mixed-use zone that can accommodate MPDUs and other affordable housing. Does that? Okay. Okay. And we're also removing the 10%, the percentage from this, this final bullet so that instead of a 10%, 10% open space requirement for development we'll just say that it has an open space requirement for development does that does that but, capture everything yeah, but at the end the open space requirement will be based on some um, whatever it, yeah it, I mean I don't think we want to I don't think we need to get into I know, the level but, of but it will this, be somewhere but it's, it's for it's based on the size of the site and the okay. number of street frontages perfect perfect okay okay um, so the planning board requested additional language to clarify the implementation options for the green promenade. Um, this language acknowledges the potential of it being implemented as a capital improvement project by the city of Tacoma Park. It will be added to page 33 as a part of section 3.2.1.1, a kit of parts. And so I'll read this to you. Uh, the green promenade is envisioned as a kit of parts to be implemented over time within existing rights of way Rights, rights of way on Maple Avenue and Maplewood Avenue and on the Adventist campus as development occurs. Um, the new language is this process does not preclude the city of Tacoma Park from constructing it in its entirety as a capital improvement project. And so, oh, I'm sorry, in addition to sidewalks, street trees, and street, and street lighting, the green promenade can include shaded seating and small gathering areas, water fountains, landscaping, stormwater management, public art, and more. And so um, this is the language that staff is proposing. Does this adequately capture the concerns that were raised by the board um, in the last work session? So is, is it just the other entity that can build it? Is it just City of Tacoma Park? Do we want to limit ourselves just to one entity? Or do we want to say that this does not preclude uh, the uh, construction of it in entirely with any other entities. I'm just wondering that if another entity wants to come, uh, we cannot think of it now, but I don't know, maybe Metro, maybe someone, maybe a very rich person. Um, 
you want to be allowing the whole universe to do the work because it's a good thing. Right. I, I think we, so this sentence was specific to a capital improvement project. And since the um, those streets are city streets, under, as a capital improvement project, only the city could do it. Um, so I think that was what we heard from the board last time. So um, I think we could say city of Tacoma Park or other agency. Or any other entity. You know, or if other you have entity? a partner that decides to do it, they could do it and there is no need for capital improvement probably. If they took everything on board to do it. I don't know if such a thing could be possible, but you never know. Okay. I mean, maybe we, so I, I think, uh, let us, let us uh, take another, take another uh, uh, approach and then take another uh, stab at this and we'll come back with another. Yeah, so I don't know if it goes here, but you remember when I may mention, um, Mr. Sartori, when, when we were doing the pedestrian master plan, remember uh, Mr. Orland came back, you know, that they made some changes because this, the city, I mean, the county, it, they, you know, they thought, oh, then it implied they had to do all of those improvements. Remember it was something, and they, I don't know what they changed the language to, but it was, you know, anyone could do, whether some of it's done by required because of this, someone's, but I don't know what's the right language, but it, but it was, you know, maybe the city may think, okay, I have to do all that. Maybe they do, but do you remember what kind of language they came up with to imply that it doesn't matter who does? I mean, no one specifically says they have to do it. It's just, it, okay, you know. Okay, for any other yeah. Yeah. Sure. Uh, Jason Sartori, Chief of Countywide Planning and Policy, for the record. Um, yeah, I, I don't recall exactly the language that we use there, but certainly here we can come up with uh, language just that doesn't restrict it to, you know, being done in its entirety just by the city of Tacoma Park or just through a CIP process. Right. So, yeah. and, and we're happy to take a look at that language. Okay. So we'll we'll follow up. Thank you. <clears throat> okay. Thank you. Okay. Um, Due to a time constraint, staff will address policy area transportation analysis. Um, David Ansbacher from Countywide Planning is present today to assist with any technical questions. Um, stakeholders, including, hold on, I'm sorry. Stakeholders, including Tacoma Park City Council, were concerned about traffic impacts related to development. As a part of the I'm sorry, as part of the planning process, staff utilized the recently completed Silver Spring analysis, which included this plan area. Those results determined that transportation systems were adequate and that the small geography and limited development would have minimal impact. Additionally, there are regulatory requirements for new development that would be addressed as a part of the development review process. Um, as a result, staff believes that no text changes are needed. So, so just to, to to reiterate this, because we heard this a lot during our engagement, there was a lot of concern about you're recommending new zoning, you're recommending new density. We think there are traffic issues here already. And we explained that the way we do uh, our land use transportation balance, which is what we call it for master plans, to make sure that the recommended density and the transportation infrastructure are in balance. We do this policy area analysis. The policy areas are very large. Um, 
I, I may be stealing a bit of, of Mr. Ansbacher's thunder, but he can kick me under the table if I'm <laughs> if I if I misstate. But, but right, but the right, you can't even see his lips moving. Um, so the the policy areas are very large, and so the, uh, we just did one for the Silver Spring downtown plan. It includes the geography from this plan, and uh, that. Uh, the the uh, the policy area analysis was found that basically it was in balance. The land use proposed for the Silver Spring plan um, was in balance with the infrastructure at the at the at the plan uh, at the policy area level. The the plan area for this is so small. I mean, in the county scheme of things, in the in the policy area scheme of things, that additional traffic at that policy area is not going to really move the needle. So we are very sensitive to uh, community concerns about traffic. We, we uh, as, as Melissa will go through, we're making recommendations to make it uh, even easier to bike and walk through the neighborhood. There's excellent transit access already. Um, and uh, when development projects come in, uh, there is a, there's a, a, a traffic analysis that's done at the time of each project. So we look specifically at what that project is proposing. The board is very familiar with this. You've seen this on all the preliminary plans that come before you, but I think some of the residents um, uh, of, the, of the city were not as familiar with the project. So I just wanted to sort of go back through that. This is how we do the transportation analysis for master plans. Dave, how'd I do? Uh, I think that was great. If you have any questions, please let me know. So. So you're saying that Silver Spring includes Tacoma Park at the larger level, and it could, so that makes sense. And I totally understand that you're talking that we don't know what's going to come and what would be the uh, impact to traffic. We have to wait and to do that. That again makes sense. Maybe the complaint that people are having is about existing conditions, that we have to make it clear that those existing conditions has nothing to do with this master plan study. If there are existing conditions for the traffic, I believe I do not know what is the right vehicle through Tacoma Park or through Montgomery County. Depends where it is. And those have a different channel uh, to be taken care of and not via this master plan. I think we just have to respond to their concerns and say that a future plan would be done the way you said it. Existing is being done that way and is not part of the work that we are doing because we are doing for future, not existing. Yeah, that's absolutely correct. Uh, the you know, city of Tacoma Park controls their own roads except for the state highways. If there are existing issues um, with traffic, they can look at them now. Um, they don't need a master plan to do that. Uh, yeah, so the analysis does look at the implications of, of the build-out of the land use recommendations. And as Elsa and uh, Melissa said, when development uh, projects, preliminary plans come before the board, uh, a traffic analysis will have been conducted. Yeah, and as Ravi talked about it, remember you said that at one point you do develop a writing to the comments of the Tacoma Park, and that could be part of that comment, not part of the master. Plan. Absolutely. Okay. But I just have one quick question. So do, do we know or are there existing traffic problems there? 
I mean, um, so someone could say if, if they're existing now, any more is more. Or if they're, you know, what does it, we have existing problems mean? I, I don't, I'm not exactly sure if they're existing traffic. I, you know, I think. I mean, how do we address In many that? ways, traffic is the eye, in the eye of the beholder, right? right? Pe but we do have standards that we try to apply so that we can consistently look at, um, throughout the county, uh, how how traffic is performing. Um, so while, you know, one, one community member may complain that an intersection is too congested for them, perhaps, you know, at a time in the past it was operating uh, with very little or no delay. At this point, uh, some traffic congestion is acceptable. Uh, that's the county standard, and those are what we use to review uh, traffic congestion. Okay. okay, thank you. Sorry. Thank you. Sorry about that. Thanks, Dave. Yes. Um, Thanks, David. So the plan, um, staff will now discuss connectivity within the plan area. As noted in our previous work session, the plan area has lots of access to transit, but hilly uh, topography and aging infrastructure presents challenges um, to making it feel connected. And reconnecting the community um, is a plan priority. Uh, this, it, this actually shows the, um, the existing and the proposed bicycle network. Uh, the plan recommends new bikeways on flat on both Flower Avenue and Maple Avenue. It reconfirms the 2018 bicycle master plan as updated by the Complete Streets Design Guide, except for our new recommendations. Um, and it also provides connections to existing and proposed bicycle infrastructure. So um, you can see here. Hopefully, you can see by the color. You can see that we are. This is Maple Avenue. We're actually showing. Um, recommendations here and we're providing connections uh, following along essentially the green promenade recommendation as well providing connections over to Flower Avenue and as you get closer to Flower Avenue you see that there are a number of um, shared road recommendations which would accommodate bikeways as well as a part of the network and so the testimony generally supported the plan's um, bike recommendations, but was concerned that the plan did not provide enough infrastructure to address the population increase resulting from um, the potential new development. Staff believes that the plan recommendations to support the Maple Avenue Connectivity Project, uh, reconfirming the recommendations in the 2018 Bicycle Master Plan and aligning with the 2021 Complete Streets Design Guide meet the goal of improved connectivity. Additionally, the plan rec um, recommendations provide for an increase in opportunities for low-stress bicycle facilities and comfortable connections. Um, this would happen through the implementation of the Green Promenade, providing for improved sidewalks and bicycle safety. Hold on a second here. I'm sorry. Um, providing for improved bicycle um, safety I'm losing my place I'm sorry it's my cold medicine bear with me um, pro um, providing for improved sidewalks and bicycle safety including the recommendation for a separated bike lane on Maple Avenue and supporting the utilization of the Montgomery County complete streets design guide for all new rights-of-way I would also note that Maple Avenue is a city of Tacoma Park right-of-way and implementation of right-of-way projects will be coordinated 
through the city. And so as a result, staff is not proposing um, text changes here. And any questions or comments from the board? So when we, res if, as we respond, you know, we will in this question and answer, we will, there will be that question and we will respond directly saying, because of these things, we are not recommending any this or, or we are recommending that. So we'll address the specific question with an answer at some point. Yes. Correct, okay. Based on what, as we're going through, thank you. Okay, and while there are continuous sidewalks throughout most of the plan area, there are some streets where there are sidewalks on only one side of the street or, or the existing sidewalks are narrow and or obstructed. And so this map shows the existing pedestrian network and it also shows, um, if you can see the, the colored lines here, display where the plan is proposing um, new connections or new pedestrian, um, new pieces of the pedestrian network. So the plan proposes, hold on, let me check here, sorry. Um, the plan proposes improved lighting, contiguous, unobstructed ADA accessible sidewalks on both sides of all streets and upgrading crosswalks at all intersections. This includes the Carroll Avenue SHA alignment project, which proposes pedestrian improvements along Carroll Avenue near the Washington Adventist campus and provides for new ADA accessible sidewalks and other pedestrian infrastructure. And so the, the goals of our recommendations were to provide new pieces of the network, upgrade the existing intersections, and also reduce the number of driveway entrances along Maple Avenue. Uh, as noted earlier, as noted in earlier slides, the general concern is that this existing infrastructure cannot support the development proposed by the plan. And, sorry. And this is a testimony that was received regarding the plan's pedestrian network recommendations. The city of Tacoma Park also noted that the plan recommendations must align with their, plan, with their adopted plans and policies. Staff believes that the plan incorporates the city of Tacoma Park's goals and policies related to improved connectivity. Additionally, the general concerns raised in the testimony are adequately addressed by the plan recommendations that I just spoke to and as such, staff does not propose any tax changes. I have a question. Um, when we have a separate bike path that is not along the roadway, not assured use, can pedestrian be on those bike paths? I think if it's a shared, if it's a shared use path and looking at looking at the the bike facilities in the table uh, and and Davis here like separated bikeways you know those are in the street and we're going to show a, a typical street section of Maple Avenue that shows what that looks like but the striped bikeways the ones that are in the road uh, wouldn't have pedestrians I understand on that. Them. but but the, the interesting part is that we show a lot of more uh, not the one like um, the separated bikeways. Uh, we show more of them that are not, and also we have off-street trails. If those allow pedestrian, they should be added to the network of the pedestrian. Uh, okay. Because that is a better 
in an argument that we are yeah. providing more pedestrian access. So yes, so, the, so you're recommending, and I think it, it, it's a great suggestion, that the off-street trails that we're showing here, the trails on the off-street trails that are shown on this should be added to the pedestrian yeah, network map. Yeah. I think the that's, ones that's that a great it idea. is safe for pedestrian, I'm not talking about that they go to the road, we don't want them. But there are some other ones that separated bike path and people walk it, and that is safe. And I think that would add to the people. The other thing that uh, you you said, um, uh, Melissa, reduce number of driveways uh, coming to Maple Avenue. How are we going to do that? If a house needs a driveway, needs a driveway. Well, when when new development projects come in. Uh, uh, access to the site from the street is part of our review um, and so there are a lot of curb cuts along uh, Maple Avenue now um, and as I know that you all appreciate curb cuts you know uh, create the potential for conflicts with pedestrians yeah. through the development review process mm -hmm. um, we work with applicants to minimize the number of curb cuts so not adding new curb cuts if they're not absolutely necessary yeah. or narrowing them or whatever but but we would do that during the development review process on a project by project basis okay but if the, the one of the lot the only access to the road is maple road i guess uh, maple avenue i guess i don't know that. okay got it so having the language in the master plan helps at the time of the development review because it makes it clear yes. that it's a priority of the planning board and of got the council it. that we minimize okay. the got access points okay any additional comments from the board And okay, so now we're talking um, about the roadway. So the plan focuses on ensuring safe use of the roadway for all users, including pedestrians, cyclists, transit users, and motorists. And so this, this map illustrates the existing roadway network and um, our proposed, our proposed, um, our plan recommendations. So the plan does not recommend any new public roads. There is an opportunity for private streets to improve connectivity on the Washington Adventist campus, and the design of any new private street must be consistent with the complete streets design guide and be open to the public. The Carroll Avenue SHA pedestrian safety project at the intersection of Carroll and Flower Avenues was also included in the plan recommendations as there was an SHA need for additional right-of-way. And so what we have here are the roadway network recommendations um, that also speak to supporting the city's ongoing Maple Avenue connectivity project and identifying that as the interim condition for the roadway. And as noted in earlier slides, um, there is still that general concern that the existing infrastructure cannot support the development proposed by the plan and uh, the City of Tacoma Park's resolution just wants to, wants to make sure that we are demonstrating alignment um, with the City of Tacoma Park's adopted plans and policies. And in this case, we're saying including um, the city policies and ordinances related to stormwater, tree canopy, safe streets, and city right-of-way. So 
Due to the regulatory process, um, I'm sorry, as a part of the regulatory process, the planning board will evaluate development applications for consistency with the master plan and with the growth and infrastructure policy. These determinations occur um, before development and take into account transportation system impacts. Parking impacts are also considered as a part of the regulatory process. As a result, staff believes that the plan and the regulatory process adequate, adequately address the concerns raised. As such, staff does not propose any tax changes. Okay. The transportation section in the plan also includes typical sections for streets that are listed in the table. So there's a table in the plan where you can see where we've made recommendations. These sections show how the recommendations of the complete streets design guide may be implemented in an eventual ultimate condition. This is a sample cross section illustrating the ultimate condition for Maple Avenue from Philadelphia to Hilltop Road. Um, it's important to note that at the time of development review, there is flexibility regarding the design and the construction of these elements. Okay. And there was no specific testimony raised about the cross-section, but the staff wanted to note that the plan considered and incorporated city plans and projects into its um, cross-section recommendations. So as such, there are no recommended changes. Okay. So the plan area is adequately served and offers the following transit options. Um, that includes the, the WMATA Metro Rail Red Line Tacoma Station, the WMATA Metro Bus, the Montgomery County Ride-On Bus. There are six routes through there. There's the MD, OT, and MTA commuter bus routes. Um, the University of Maryland College Park Shuttle uh, 111, and the Purple Line, which is scheduled to open 2026. Uh, 20 Eventually. Eventually. <laughs> um, and so, as such, there were no recommendations made for additional transit, option in transit options. Instead, the plan focused on improving connections and access to existing facilities. Uh, we also had this recommendation that spoke to upgrading. Um, the, the existing transit infrastructure. Testimony from stakeholders, including the City of Tacoma Park, raised concerns about the adequacy of transit related to new development and felt that the plan did not explicitly encourage connectivity to existing and planned transit infrastructure. And so, as a part of the planning process, staff met with transit authorities and discussed existing and planned transit infrastructure. Based on these conversations, staff believes that the recommendations address the concerns raised. However, staff believes that there is an opportunity to strengthen the language related to the plan's goals of improved connectivity and proposes the following edit. So I'll read that to you. And so this would be for transit page 50. Uh, the plan area is well served by existing Metro bus and Montgomery County ride on local bus transit routes offering connections to nearby Silver, Silver Spring and Tacoma Park Red Line Metro Rail stations, historic downtown Tacoma Park, and the two future Purple Line light rail stations located nearest the plan area at Tacoma Langley Crossroads and Arliss Street in Long Branch. The, and this is the new language. Uh, the plan recommends improved, comfortable, and efficient connections to existing and planned transit facilities and nearby activities, activity centers within the plan area. And so that is what staff is proposing to address um, 
the specificity of connectivity and the recommendations strengthening the connectivity via transit. I, thank you. I don't have it in front of me, but did the plan show where, how, in diagrammatic, how people would get to, like from that location, Maple, and to the Purple Line, you know, Langley Crossroads, to the whatever, so it's, it's, it's simple to, or to the Tacoma Metro State, you know, like a, just a general. Um, it, it doesn't, but we could. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm just saying, you know, to, to show that it could be good to show people how, how there are those, will, those existing connections or new connections there so they can see that those. We, we, did, we did have a graphic that we utilized when we were discussing this as the working draft, and that's something that we can build on to address your concerns. And it, it actually showed how all of the transits layered on top of one another and how they connected um, this part of Tacoma Park to areas outside of it. Is, right. that, is that what yeah, you're yeah, thinking? Yeah, okay. like, yeah, all the ways you can get to a transit station and or, and then is there an existing bus now that would go to the Langley Crossroads Transit Center? I mean, I'm just out of curiosity, uh, or that would, they will. I don't. I don't know how many they, bus rides it takes to get from here to the transit center uh, in Langley, but we can find out. Yeah. Yeah. In addition to what uh, the chair just suggested, that I think it's a fantastic idea because we should existing transit and the ideas for the proposed transit. I think the ideas for proposed transit would show if there is, uh, uh, that was my question, any infrastructure improvement needs to be done for the future transit. Uh, I think that the language that you put here is good, but it's not specific enough to see what we are talking about okay. and that's what makes people uncomfortable because what do you what what is the context or the word of what we are talking about is it just additional of a few the same metro line or the same uh, whatever transit that we have uh, we just add a little bit detour or is it a new line or does it fit within existing infrastructure? How much more do we have to build to bring what we are talking about? At least some idea of the context of what we are talking about, because I have no clue right now. I, I think that's a good idea. I, I just looked up uh, bus 17 goes from Carroll and Flower Avenue to the Tacoma Langley Crossroads. You, you can take one bus. But I think it, you know we can put together uh, a map that I think we can have ready in a couple of weeks that will show the Purple Line stations and uh, the, uh, the Tacoma Park uh, metro station and sort of the the different transit connectivity uh, I think you know one of the things that we run into uh, on a lot of our plans is folks want to change bus service you know they want to say give us a bus from point A to point B and you know the the folks who do ride on and WMATA tell us very clearly that you know thanks for your recommendation we make you know we do the bus routes based on you know ridership and based on a bunch of factors so uh, the, the plan can 
can make a recommendation. We've talked here about you know improved, comfortable, and efficient connections, but the planning of bus routes happens sort of independent of this. But we'll we'll have a map for you yeah. in, in two yeah. weeks. My given a sort of living area, I think what they have today, what we have today, can get to all the proposed and new. You know, even you can get on Philadelphia and go to the Silver Spring Station, right? There's exist, you know, so people can walk down. So I, I think showing all those things would be give people some comfort level. I think. Yeah. yeah. Mr. Linden. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. I I I totally agree. I think um at I think the map suggestion um just to demonstrate the existing um, connections um and sort of layered service is a really good idea. So. I think that largely addresses this. My my question was about um, the uh, just comparing the existing language to the proposed um, uh, revision, which I which I think is really good. But I noticed that the existing language also includes a recommendation about bus stops, making sure that they're ADA compliant, and adding shelters where they don't currently exist. And I was wondering if we still intend to to keep that as part of this section. Yes, that language isn't being removed. This is, we were just okay. adding, um, on page 50, we were just adding an additional sentence, but the existing recommendation gotcha. remains. Gotcha. Okay, cool, gotcha. I wasn't sure because I just saw the the period and the quotes at the end. I wasn't sure if, you know, we were keeping the rest of it, oh, but yeah, sorry gotcha. I, I appreciate that. <laughs> no, no worries. Um, and just a point of reference, the ride on Route 18 also goes to the transit center. So there are two. And I think, you know, the, 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 I think the larger, you know, I think the point about, you know, the transit planning obviously exists at the county and the regional level. Um, but I think, you know, given the high level of connectivity, I think the, the real concern in this area is probably about frequency of service, the headways, um, which can always be improved. And unfortunately, that's, that's nowhere near the purview of, of this discussion. But, um, you know, MCDOT, you know, we're going, you know, the county is going through this right on reimagined kind of service planning effort right now. Um, we, we obviously can't speak to that in this plan. We don't know where that's going to end up, but I think it's very likely that um, uh, frequency and sort of the quality of service will improve in the Tacoma Park and, and broader Silver Spring area. So I, I, I think that this concern based on everything you've said and sort of what else, what we know is going on elsewhere in the county, I think this concern is, is, is met. Thank you. And okay, so we can move forward. So the plan confirms the non-auto non driver mode share goals outlined in the 2020-2024 growth and in infrastructure policy. Uh, this goal is to increase the percentage of drivers using a mode of transportation other than a single occupant vehicle. Um, we did not receive any um, specific testimony or um, any specific testimony related to the non-auto driver mode share, and as such, staff is not proposing a text change here. So now we're going to go into resilient. Um, climate resiliency is the capacity to anticipate, cope, and manage the impacts from climate change. Staff identified the most egregious, egregious climate threats such as stormwater management, extreme heat and storms, and developed recommendations to adapt and mitigate its unpredictability. 
the environmental recommendations um, in the section are far-reaching and will save all forest and steep slopes, reduce impervious surfaces along Maple Avenue, improve stormwater runoff resulting in better stream quality, and increase shade and heat island through native tree plantings. In order to address new development within the plan area, the plan recommends the following. Um, new construction projects over 5,000 square feet should provide a minimum of 35% of the site's impervious area as a green cover to reduce thermal temperatures and provide ecological benefits. Uh, the 35% 35% shall exclude existing forest cover on the property. Um, site area for green cover may be reduced to accommodate on-site energy generation, other environmental site amenities, or where desirable to achieve other plan objectives. New rooftop areas are new rooftop areas not covered in green roof or alternative or renewable energy generation should be cool roofs or active rooftop active rooftop uses. Um, general concerns were raised related to the plan's ability to protect existing trees and green space. Um, the city of Tacoma Park was also concerned that the plan was not in alignment with the city's 60% requirement for tree canopy coverage throughout the city. It's a 60% goal. 60% goal. Um, all development will be all development will be complying with forest conservation laws and the city of Tacoma Park tree ordinance. So individual, and this is protecting existing trees and green space. Individual tree protection is reliant on the city tree ordinance and the forest conservation law. Impervious cover will be reduced due to green cover requirements. Requirements for new development may increase open space and tree planting outside of the campus and existing park green open space will be retained. To further align with the city's approved plans and policies, staff proposes the following text change. This would be to the first bullet on page 54. That's extreme heat and tree canopy 3.3.11, page 54. Uh, the proposed language is, and this is, would be the new language, consistent with the city's goals of 60% tree canopy throughout the entire city. The plan proposes achieving 60% um, instead of 45, 60% tree canopy coverage for the overall plan area on both public and private property. So how do we apply that to each individual property? It's going to be hard to do that. Well, so each individual property will have its 35% green cover requirement, which excludes any forest area on the site. So on a project-by-project -project <coughs> basis, we'll look at it through the green cover requirements, through the city tree ordinance, through forest conservation. Uh, there are other recommendations about planting that they're going to get into in just a moment in terms of carbon sequestration. Uh, so on, that's how we'll do it on a project-by-project -project basis. But the, the city has set a goal for the entire city to have this larger. And so I think it the recommendations are working towards that. We had um, recommended a 45% goal. The city has a 60% goal um, that is sort of longer, over the longer term as you know, more trees are planted or if there's, uh, you know, as a result of new development or just folks planting new trees, that eventually the city would hit that threshold. But it, it, the 60% would not be a regulatory requirement. Thank you. That makes so, it easier to understand. <coughs> I'm just wondering that 
uh, I do not know what is the Montgomery County, if it has that kind of uh, uh, canopy coverage. Uh, and I, I don't know in my mind, I cannot relate the canopy coverage to development area. Does, because um, you cannot have coverage if you have buildings, correct? So that means that you have to have smaller footprint to create that canopy? Um, Tina Schneider for the record. Um, yeah, so the, the goal in the county is always to in, improve tree canopy cover, and that's what we're doing with the forest conservation plan, and that's what we're doing with tree plantings. And in these areas that are urbanized and really hot, um, we know that shade is really important and it's going to become even more important. And we've done thermal temperature readings where streetscapes are 130, 140 degrees on a 92 degree day. It's really hot. So we're trying to lift that burden and make you know these streets tolerable and communities tolerable for citizens who are walking on them so they don't pass out you know we read a lot about in texas where yeah but that's not my question. so right yeah. so the so sorry i just wanted to give a little background yeah. okay. and then say like how do we do that so we have these goals that we hope are achievable so when you have a, a site that has a small footprint i mean i mean a small site that has a big building we know that it's very, very difficult to get trees, as you're talking about. So we created this green cover. And so that's like a compensation for it. We're going to, they can either do a green roof, they can do tree plantings, they can do lawn, or a combination of those three. And hopefully those will have some cooling effect. And hopefully they'll do landscape plantings. But are those included in canopy? That's what I'm saying. When there's trees, they are included in canopy cover. But if it is not tree, so that 60% tree, tree canopy, that means that you have to have 60% that you have trees underneath of it, okay, that you create that canopy. My only question is that if that is a realistic uh, goal when we are getting urbanized and we are looking for housing, and uh, you know we are intensifying it. That means that more housing or more development, that would be less. Right. I understand all the environmental features, but 60%, that means that it's just 40% of whatever that is available, unless that we look at what existing we have and see that how much it allows for development. Maybe we already are in that threshold with all the parks and all the trees and everything we have. I don't know. I'm just wondering that if that 60% has an impact in how much we want to develop in this area, especially now in Tacoma Park, and I do not know if county has something like that also. Yeah, no, those are good points. On a site-by-site -site basis, it's very difficult, although some sites are actually potentially going to make it because they're steep slopes and they're forested. So when you take the totality of it, it's possible to reach 60%, but the majority of sites we're not going to. So there's an overall goal of 60%. And we hope, and 
and you know it's very hard to achieve as you're saying and the aspiration is to get there and the city has that aspiration of 60% they will be including or we are including the forests that are there right now for the parks and there's a lot of parks in in the system but it still is at right now I think it's only 42% green cover that we have I mean that uh, we have shade in the plan area in the plan area and so when we we hope if we plant in the right of way and we do additional plantings we'll get closer and nudge you know we're going to try to nudge towards that 60% it's hard but but it's it's really important to to just be clear that the 60% is an aspirational yeah. goal so when a project comes in, we're not going to say, do you have 60% canopy cover? Okay. The requirement for development projects is 35%. They can okay. meet that uh, through green roof. They can meet that through tree cover on more intensely developed sites. It'll probably be green roof rather than tree canopy. So the, the requirement mm -hmm. is 35%. And that's that what we totally use in Bethesda. Makes sense. I'm that's happy what we use in Silver Spring. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So the rest is it, it's we would like to get to 60. We were hoping for, you know we would like to get to 45. The city already has 60. They said why are you undercutting us? We don't want to undercut them. So that's why we're recommending the change in the goal only, not in the requirement. Okay, okay Commissioner Hedrick. Uh, yeah, I just wanted to. Uh, they actually covered most of what I was going to ask about. So thanks, uh, everybody. But uh, with the green roof requirements what are our what what are the requirements for being designated a green roof if you're going for that 35 percent is a green roof or and when we retain and also with the 35 percent um does that in, does that how how does that work with the open space requirements if it's not canopy if it doesn't have trees and canopy on it but it does have vegetative features etc does that make sense yeah so um well I, I hope I understand your question. Those are two separate things, and they also can yes, work yeah. a little bit. But their green roof is very is different and doesn't count for, towards open space, right? And yeah. um, the green roof requirement. Here's the good thing about green roof requirements. Also, is the there's a necessity for compliance with stormwater management, and green yeah. roofs provide stormwater management. So they don't the the stormwater management doesn't necessarily have to take up the surface area and the open space yeah. at the pedestrian level. So that's another benefit of putting in a green roof and they get points mm -hmm. for green cover and they get stormwater management benefits. And, and Does that city, answer your yeah. question? In, in terms of stormwater management, the city, because the city implements mm -hmm. the stormwater management requirements. And so in terms of, you know, the the depth uh, that is required uh, to, to satisfy um, to be a green roof for the city, I don't know that. I think, uh, you know, DPS has their definition. So there would be a regulatory definition that the city would be applying um, for the necessary depth to get a stormwater management. Well, program. as much as that I know, the open space gym, the answer to your question, I answered it for, from what I know. <laughs> That and uh, Tina can correct me. The open space or green roof doesn't count as tree canopy. Yeah. And for your information, <clears throat> even some of the trees they don't qualify oh. under the canopy tree. So you have to have a specific specific species of trees to be under canopy trees. <laughs> yeah. Which is why we end up seeing tulip poplars, I think, on all the forest conservation plans. Um, no, my, my main my, my main concern was thank you for that, and I appreciate the the I, I was a little 
my main concern was sort of like what what qualifies as a green roof, but we have we have regulations and stuff on that. I was I was sort of with the 35% uh, cover requirement. I wanted to know sort of like if you're not going to do green roof, sort of the top picture in that example, or maybe sort of the bottom one where you split it up between the two. How does that act interact with <clears throat> interact with the open space requirements, and in what cases does open space meet the requirements to provide a minimum of 35% of areas green cover? That's, I guess, my question. So the, the open the public open space requirement, um, as we discussed earlier, is <laughs> under the CR zone, depending on the size of the property and the number of frontages. Mm -hmm. There's a percentage of the site, um, up to 10% of the site would have to be provided as public yeah. open space. I think, you know, if, uh, you know, a green roof that's uh, in, you know, an argument can't be made that there would be any reason for the public to go up there and enjoy it as publicly accessible mm -hmm. space. Um, uh, I think, you know, if, uh, if let's say on the Venice campus uh, where there is, you know, it's a large campus, there's potentially, you know, open green area that has trees in it. Uh, they could be able, you know, if that if those areas were publicly accessible, they would be able yeah. to get credit for uh, for both. For both for both at the same time. So it could be but they're parallel plot, requirements. Could, yeah, parallel requirements that could be met by the same actual space. Is that is that? Correct. And that would be something okay, as part of the development review process, staff would, would be negotiating with the applicants and then the city council would have an opportunity as part of that to, to weigh in and then ultimately the board would, it would be the board's call as to whether or not um, it met the definition of, of public space. Could I? Okay, I just wanted, thank you, I appreciate that, that's clarifying. Yeah. Could I just further oh, clarify green roof? Uh, because um, mm -hmm. I just want to say that a green roof could be something that's two inches in depth and soil depth, and that could be considered a green roof and um, debatable about whether it's open space, as you just said. But as when you get for stormwater credit, you have to have a larger soil base. And DPS, and I believe the city of, the, of Tacoma Park, don't allow that to be at all considered green, like an open space area. So it's yeah. all the depth and the treatment and all of that. I hope that helps. So the depth of the green, the depth, the depth of the of the green roof determines whether or not you get credit as a, as uh, as stormwater management. Exactly. Yes. Management. Yeah. yeah, I didn't figure the green roof would qualify as open space. I was more trying to determine that if you can't if you can't green roof something or you have a reason that you don't want a green roof, that we're not requiring a double open space requirement and a green cover requirement. That's that that might minimize the amount of actual housing land available for housing on any particular plot. So thank you guys. It was very helpful. Appreciate it. I have one more question. If, a, if a, the uh, roof is actually painted green, okay, is that green cover? Because I thought that at one point they calculated at least that's what I remember. There, there is a cool roof. If it's, so if it's a very, very light green, uh, yes, that's what I was talking. Be, I mean, it could be a cool roof, uh, and so those are typically white, but it could be. Okay, thank you. Okay. Um, Carmen, Wait, so are, are we, so can you go back one? Oh, I'm sorry. I forgot to so, ask, are we comfortable with are we this cool? language? Are we green? Yeah, yeah we, we're fine with going, going <laughs> with the green. city's goal. Thank okay, you. Okay, thank you. 
Okay, carbon sequestration is the process of capturing and storing atmospheric carbon dioxide. It reduces the amount of carbon dioxide in the atmosphere and its associated climate impacts and vulner vulnerab vulnerabilities, increasing forests, trees, and other planted areas, and reducing impervious cover are some of the best forms of carbon sequestration. There were no general concerns raised regarding carbon sequestration and the plan is in alignment with the city's approved plans and policies. As such, staff does not propose any tax changes. Okay, the plan supports the state and city stormwater management requirements and recommends a variety of methods to reduce untreated stormwater runoff, potential flood rates, and impervious surface cover on existing and new development and to improve water quality to Sligo Creek. The plan, I don't know what just happened. Okay, um, the plan requires all new development to abide by city and state stormwater management regulations which will improve stormwater runoff and water quality to Sligo Creek. The plan recommends reducing, I feel like I said this thing twice. Um, I'll just read it. The plan recommends reducing impervious cover, increasing tree and green cover, which will also improve stream and habitat health. This will result in improved water quality and reduce runoff to Sligo Creek and Bashir's Run. As you can see here on the slide, there were general concerns raised about the impact of development, including construction on Sligo Creek and other sensitive natural environments. Um, the City of Tacoma Park's resolution was once again just noting that the plan needs to demonstrate alignment with the City of Tacoma Park's adopted plans and policies. Um, staff believes that the plan uh, addresses the concerns that were raised in the testimony and as such, no, no staff changes are recommended here. And, and I would also just add that in, when we get to uh, the site-specific recommendations in the districts uh, for properties that are along the creek, so including Washington Adventist and uh, properties on the west side, there are site-specific recommendations to minimize impacts. So you'll see this, um, you'll see this again. Yes. Are there any comments or, okay, thank you. The plan recommends improving energy efficiency, reducing energy demand, increasing on-site energy production, and decreasing embodied and carbon emissions, which are, which are essential to meeting the city and county net zero carbon emissions goals by 2035. General concerns were that the plan didn't adequately focus on the potential for retrofitting existing buildings as a development option and that new development consumes more energy and cre creates more potential for pollution. Um, the City of Tacoma Park's resolution wanted to confirm that we were in alignment with their City of Tacoma Park adopted plans and policies. Um, so this is our response. Our response is that existing buildings within much of the plan area are old with poor insulation and antiquated heating and cooling systems. Um, consequently, they consume large amounts of energy to heat and cool, which can be a financial burden to the tenants. New construction must comply with new energy standards to improve energy efficiency, reduce energy demand, and improve emissions for many decades ahead. Uh, the plan has an adaptive reuse recommendation um, that it be considered during the redevelopment process, which if chosen would significantly reduce embodied carbon emissions from deconstruction and reconstruction. The plan also prioritizes building reuse as an optional method public benefit. 
Staff believes that this adequately addresses the concerns raised and as such does not propose any tax changes. I'm fine with that. Uh, the, the, isn't, but is it, a, is it a DPS or isn't the county have their own building energy performance standards? Is that what you're talking in that um, that's what the, would regulate all those other buildings? It's not us, correct? Yeah, um, they're the ones who set the county standards for energy efficiency. And right now they're on a trajectory to get to net zero by 2035. And also that's the same thing that uh, Tacoma Park wants to aspire to as well. So they're in parallel. So new develop developments will have to um, comply with those both policies and regulations and actually in in the plan we there's language on page 62 that says like staff wants to encourage even further energy efficiencies where possible right because they, they the existing buildings have to don't they have by a certain time have to they, they, they have the baseline and then they have to show that they're getting better by you know that's a I think that's a county regulation or something like that. I oh, think. you're talking about existing buildings? Yes. There is, um, but I believe, I have to check on this, but I believe that if, you know, there's there's continual improvement, I, I don't know if Tacoma Park has to do that um, because uh, they have their, are their own jurisdictions. I see. But there's, um, right now, you have to show your energy um, your your metered energy if you're over 50,000 square feet in a mm -hmm. building and then you have to show that you're improving but that's not necessarily in Tacoma Park so we can get back to you okay. on that. No, no, don't worry. I'm just thinking it's not our purview. There's already performance standards out there that people have to. Mm -hmm. That's correct. Yeah. Okay. So urban agriculture is an important tool in ensuring that all people have access to safe, sufficient, and nutritious food. The plan supports opportunities that increase the capacity to produce and access sustainable, healthy foods. Um, no concerns were, relays, were raised related to food security, and staff doesn't propose any tax changes. Okay. And environmental equity is when no single community faces disadvantages in dealing with environmental hazards, disasters, or pollution. It also means that all have equal access to environmental, environmental amenities such as parks and open space. The plan recommends public and private investment in enhanced access to parks, open space, community gardens, and local food production. Um, additionally, it recommends the expansion of the informational tools of expansion of informational tools to identify and address local environmental inequities. There was a general concern that the plan would replace porous green space with large amounts of non-porous ground services, high-rise development, and parking areas, which would lead to increased air pollution and increased vulner vulnerability to flooding, particularly along Maple Avenue. So that was a concern that was raised um, in testimony from stakeholders. The city of Tacoma Park did not speak to that specifically in their resolution. Staff believes that the plan addresses the concerns raised by the testimony and as such, doesn't recommend any tax changes. So what are we saying in regard to flood control? 
because that's a fact. You increase the impervious areas, you get more flooding. What are we saying in well, our? Though I guess I, before Tina answers the question, I think you know, particularly in the context of Maple Avenue, as we saw, uh, it's probably too far away, but there's a there's an impervious surface um, uh, diagram in the plan, and I think on Maple Avenue we have a lot of underutilized surface parking. So I think potential redevelopment on Maple Avenue in particular if a parking lot is being replaced with a new wing of a building or townhouses or whatever, in terms of imp uh, in terms of previousness, it would probably be zero sum and open space requirements could actually uh, increase the amount of previous service through redevelopment. So I think that's one thing, and I think Tina's probably gonna talk about stormwater management, which also yeah, helps that's address. That's a good point. I, if that's the reality, if we could say that and we could show that, um, you know, this is the existing impervious and this is going to be with all of these recommended, um, you know, development or change of mixed use, it's not going to be much of the impervious areas because we're replacing some of the existing parking lot to building that is already impervious. And while we're doing that, we improve the stormwater management. Because I do know that when you take the old building and you bring them to the new design, you actually improve the storm drainage in many of those cases. Go, go ahead. They'll definitely have to comply with all of, as we mentioned, the Tacoma Parks um, permitting, stormwater permitting um, requirements. So that there's that. But in terms of the impervious cover, we hope and anticipate them there to be a reduction, especially when we have the 35% green cover. And that's on an on a, does not include the forest. So that's outside of that. So we're anticipating. But it's very difficult for us to know that there will be a reduced porous, I mean, impervious surface, because we don't have the site plans in front of us. At least you could say that it's not going to be that much of increase, I'd, because I'd, that's what the comment is. On page 58 and 59, uh, which is where we talk about uh, water quality and stormwater, um, and that's where the diagram for impervious service. I think we could add a, we could add a sentence about uh, or two about the potential for redevelopment to um, reduce impervious services, uh, just to sort of acknowledge the point without sort of committing to to it one way or the other. Yeah, we can do that. So I just could want answer the concern. Okay. I just wanted to confirm we're adding a sentence and we don't need a new graphic here. Leave it up to you guys, decide what is... Yeah, we, we have the graphic. I think yeah. we just need to add a sentence. Okay, yeah. thank you. Thanks. Okay, um, and staff received a considerable amount of testimony um, regarding the climate... I'm sorry, received a considerable amount of testimony including um, language in the City of Tacoma Park resolution that was related to the climate assessment for the Tacoma Park Minor Master Plan Amendment. And so generally the concern was that they would like to see a climate assessment prior to the transmittal of this of the planning board draft to 
um, the county council and the county executive. And so this is the staff response. Um, the staff response is that the climate assessment will be completed by staff upon the approval of the public hearing draft as the planning board draft. And as required by law, it will be transmitted to the county council at least seven days prior to their public hearing. And so we are not proposing um, a text change or proposing that a draft of the climate assessment be completed prior. So is there any? That's something that's in process now, correct? I'm sorry, can you repeat the that? The climate assessment is in process now. So the correct? climate assessment is actually going to happen after we have the final land use and zoning recommendations in the planning board draft. So what ha what's going to happen is after we have an approved planning board draft that has been transmitted, then Tina will begin preparing the climate assessment based on that draft, and then that will be transmitted to the county council. And the, the, the climate assessment will be based on the zoning and other recommendations uh, in the planning board draft. So yes. we haven't gotten to the zoning recommendations right. yet, and you may change um, some of the things we have in there that would impact the calculus, so we wait until the planning board draft to do that. Um, for, in terms of due diligence, we've been working all along on it, um, on the climate assessment, and that's part of what we anticipate future plans will do also to work along and inform. And, um, but we can't finalize it until we know any zoning changes that you recommend um, because that will definitely impact the carbon footprint. Okay, thank you. Parks, trails, and open space. The planned area is home to numerous parks and open space, including the Sligo Creek Stream Valley Park, which is the largest park within the planned area. The plan makes recommendations to improve its ecological health and performance, including the Brashears Run outfall. There are also opportunities for placemaking and natural cultural resource interpretation. Um, additionally, parks recommendations will be found in the district section of the presentation, and so that's going to happen a little later, so you're thinking about November 16th, November 30th for those very specific recommendations. And so these are the sections that are contained um, in the area-wide uh, plan recommendations for parks, trails, and open space. We have policy guidance, existing parks, trails, and open space, park history and cultural resources on parkland, park planning analysis, um, and as noted, once again, specific recommendations are in the districts. Um, hold on a second. Uh, the, the plan amendment sufficiently addresses issues associated with national resources stewardship, including upgrades to stormwater management in the plan area to reduce the amount of stormwater discharge into Sligo Creek, as well as improvements to the environmental condition of Sligo Creek and a major tributary Brashears Run. Additionally, the plan amendment supports density where it's appropriate and having density near parks will improve access to parks, trails, and open space and put people closer to existing assets. Um, additional open space requirements related to the preservation and creation of parks will be met through the applicable zoning requirements. And so what we heard from the community was um, essentially that they didn't feel that the plan protected existing open space and also that there was not 
um, that we didn't adequately consider the impact of proposed development on parks, trails, and open space. Um, and then once again, the city wanted us to make sure that we're, we're in alignment with their approved plans and policies. Um, we um, essentially, as I stated earlier, we believe that we have addressed the general concerns that were raised regarding to parks. There are specific recommendations um, in the districts that speak to how we are addressing open space and also providing for better connectivity to the existing parks and trails infrastructure. And so as such, we don't believe that there are text changes, um, specific text changes recommended here, but I do have Chuck Kynes here because I believe he wanted to add something. Don't want to, okay. Oh, no, okay. So Chuck, Chuck doesn't want to add anything. Okay. Well, I, I, so so I, I, I think there may be, so I mean th this, uh, as we go through this document, there are specific technical recommendations, but then also I think as we reread things, there are parts that you've identified yourselves that are unclear. Right. And so I think to the extent that there may be some clarifications in language right. that don't change the recommendation, but just more clearly state it. Right. I think any of those, we will come back to you and present. If they're minor and editorial, the board can say, we don't need to see editorial, but if they're substantive, we will certainly bring them back to you before you vote. Is there an opportunity to increase parks or potential sites that could be purchased for parks, most notably the now vacant Washington Adventist Hospital? Any plans for that mm -hmm. area? Thanks. Well, there, are, there is one recommendation in the plan as part of the redevelopment of the Washington Adventist campus. We are going to ask for dedication of the slope that currently is owned by the Washington Adventist campus. It's about a 2.8 acre site. The, the snow slope where people go slow? No, no, no. This is the wooded slope uh, adjacent to the Washington Adventist campus. It's perceived as county parkland, but it's not. It's privately owned, but it's currently under an agreement from 1933, we have the authority to, the Parks Department has the authority to operate and maintain it in cooperation with Washington Adventists. And what we're asking for in the plan is that it be formally dedicated as Commission Parkland. Can you go back to the plan that shows the open space? Can so that um, Sligo Creek, Stream Valley, I mean, that next, there's a place next to the Essex House. Is that that they call that a park? You know, like is that the Brashears? It's not the Alf, but it's next to the that they call that a park. Correct? Is that a MNCPP park? That's our park. And and they were they talking about activating? You know, coming up with is right now. It's just grass, right? So or right, you're you're referencing the small piece of Triangular Park um, next to Essex House. Right. That is part of the Sligo Creek Stream Valley Park, and much of that land is in the uh, stream buffer or floodplain. And there's very little development opportunity, so there's no recommendation in the plan for uh, activating that site, although we are looking at potential uh, ideas like a food forest mm -hmm. that came up. So we are going to evaluate the feasibility of a food forest uh, on that property. A food forest? A food forest, correct. Could you explain? It's, or, well, a community garden would, would require fencing to keep deer out. A, a, a food forest is, well, Tina might be able to better describe the, the idea of a food forest, but uh, from my understanding, it's utilizing plants, planting plants 
that are edible uh, by the community and become sort of a open garden for people to pick fruit and eat the plants uh, that are grown. It could be it could have blueberry right. can I, bushes. Can I add quickly that, so that is one of the recommendations that we're going to talk about when we get into that specific district, and that was um, we're looking at that piece of triangular property to have to serve multiple functions. Well, one of the things we heard from the community is that that is it's being utilized right now as unprogrammed parkland. And so they, they do like the fact that they can kind of use it for whatever they see fit at the time. And we're also recognizing the need um, to address some of the, few, the food security concerns that Tina raised in, the, in her environmental section. So that's one of the areas of the plan where you start to see the cross-pollination and we have a piece of land that may have to have multiple functions. And so the city of the, the city of Tacoma Park in their resolution has also raised a concern about how that is used. So I didn't want us to get too far ahead of ourselves in that right. conversation. My, my point there was there some concern that we were not going to protect these here. I mean, like go back to the the what they wanted and what we. Um, so it says, it says the plan does little to protect existing open space, which. That is not the case, right? So and I well, and, and it's hard sometimes to know when what, people say open space yeah. what they mean. I see. In Friendship Heights, we had people sort of talk about a sky area ratio, right? right? right. Where there's a low building, it's open. Okay. You can see above it. I, you know, I, I don't know what the specific commenter was and I, addressing. Yeah, oh. and then the series is that not adequately considered the impact of proposed developments on parks, trails, and open spaces like. Um, well, we're not going to do something that detriments the, the trails and the, you know, I mean, uh, I, I don't know, but it'll be in your address, your question, you mean right. your answers to the, yes. yeah, I, um, I don't, I don't see how we're, you know, bar parks are sacrosanct, you know, we're not, you know, so, so we do nothing but try to improve and so, yeah, open space may be parking lot that is going to put a uh, building on it. People see that as an open space mm -hmm. because I, I thought the same thing as you did, uh, mm -hmm. that it's, we are not doing anything because to us, open space is parks. And, but they may have been referring that this is a whole open space, it's a parking lot, I can see, but you're going to put buildings or you're going to make it mixed use. Uh, so everything would be covered uh, by building and it's going to be lack of open space that there is nothing on it. That, you know, it could be that. That That is, um, that's it exactly. Um, and, and so it meant different things to different people. Yeah. When they talked about green space, they were um, essentially talking about the park space and things that were, that were just based on the testimony as I reviewed it. They were talking about parks and they were talking about things that appear to be parks that may not have necessarily been owned by the parks department. When they were talking about open space specifically, um, a lot of these comments were about Maple Avenue and it was the loss of open space that exists today through the development process. So the idea that even though, like you said, those parking lots are not considered parks, that they view that as you're going to put a building there and it will impede my view of that, view. that, I, that I currently have. And so we had, we had that conversation that was happening. And we also had the conversation that 
wanted um, additional parks recommendations. And so the idea was that we are not getting kind of um, speaking to Commissioner Bartley's recommendation. There was a recommendation that why doesn't the Parks Department just buy the campus and turn it into a large park. So there were people that were specifically asking for the Parks Department to buy parkland and have something that that functioned, operated, and felt very much like a traditional Montgomery Park. So that's why we chose to break the bullets out so that we could see that we have people that are talking about kind of informal open space and then people that are also concerned that there aren't, that they wanted more parks recommendations. And so our, the staff's position is that we address the fact that we are not, um, that the open space that they're speaking to, the parking lots, that we can actually provide better open space through the development process. So that's one, one response. The other response is that the plan, there, there's quite a bit of parkland in the area, as you can see in the map, and our plan re, uh, made recommendations to improve the connectivity and the access. And so what we realized is that what we were hearing from people is that they had those parks are there, but they didn't necessarily have the most comfortable experience getting to those existing parks. And so the plan, the, the, the public hearing draft, we wrote language that basically felt like improving the connectivity and improving the access addressed the concern of people not having enough parkland or, fear, or fearing that new development would not have enough parkland. Does that so, make sense? Yeah, okay. I, I, yeah, I totally get it. So that's why I think it's important. See, in here, I see you just shown Rock, rock uh, not Rock Creek, a Sligo Creek Trail. Okay, we see the Sligo Creek Trail that it is a pedestrian and also bike. I have bike, done both of it on it. That should be added to your list of the pedestrian access okay. and also bikes. I was looking for it, it wasn't there, so I know you have, so. And then when in answer to their, that there is not enough park, I think that it could be said that it is and this is the access. So maybe on those access with the pedestrian and bikes, we could show that how people can easily get to the park. Because if there is a park that you cannot get to it, so I, you don't use it. But if you can easily get to it, then it's going to be part of something that you could use it every day. Okay. So it sounds like um, what we can do is provide another, we can provide a graphic that layers our ped bike improvements, all of our connectivity improvements on yeah. top of the existing parks and trails and open space so that it better illustrates how we're improving the connectivity yeah. to the existing infrastructure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The, the map, the, the pedestrian, uh, the existing pedestrian network and proposed improvement map on page uh, 41 shows the trail, shows the access points, and it also shows the bike ped connections. Uh, so this is map eight on page 41, and map seven on page 37 uh, has them as well. So take a look, and if there's, if we can draw more attention to it in the, um, in the text, um, sometimes, you know, with, with maps, things disappear, um, but.
have a look and then let us know and we'll yeah, yeah. I'll have to go back to it because you put yeah. Great. You can continue. Thank you. Okay. Um, okay. I'm sorry. And so, as such, we didn't propose um, we didn't propose any text change, text changes. But it seems like we're going to. Are we adding language here? Okay. No additional language is needed, but we're going to take a look at the graphic. Got it. Okay. And just, he's right. I just saw it. You could just refer to the graphic somewhere in the text that it is there and is available. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Um, and this presentation represents Chapter 3 of the public hearing draft. Staff will return on November 9th to review historic preservation recommendations and testimony. As stated earlier, this is the staff schedule for the work sessions. Um, this schedule and topics can be modified as needed at the chair's discretion. And that concludes our presentation today. Thank you very much. Uh, uh, we greatly appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you. So we will break for lunch. And, uh, should I? Okay. Yes. Okay. So. We're going to go to items seven and eight. We're going to do a motion to go into closed session after lunch. Uh, item number seven says, according to Maryland Annotated Code General Provisions, Article 3-305B7, to consult with counsel to obtain legal advice and eight, consult with staff, consultants, or other individuals about pending or potential litigation topic potential litigation. Do I have a motion to go into closed session? I move to go to closed session. Do I have a second? All second. All in favor? Aye. 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 Ayes have it. And then number six, the next is item six, closed session. According to Maryland Annotated Code General Provision, Article 3-305-D1 to discuss the appointment, employment, assignment, Promotion, discipline, demotion, compensation, removal, resignation, or performance evaluation of an appointee, employee, or official over whom it has jurisdiction or any other topic to be discussed. The topic to be discussed is Park Director's position. Do I have a motion for approval? I move to go to closed session. Is there a second? Second. All in favor? Aye. Aye. The ayes Aye. have it. Thank you. We'll be back um, next week. Um, well, that's that's it for today. Yeah, thank you. We'll be back. At, yeah, we're returning at six o'clock for a joint dinner meeting with the Montgomery County Planning Board and Historic Preservation Commission. Thank you. <laughs>